You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. That's badass. It is badass. Really That's cool. Badass. Yeah. Last segment to go on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show, and I just I felt really guilty, kind of, that uh, the Winnipeg Ice were not going to be represented in uh, once again in this year's um, WHL team previews uh, leading up to the start of the regular season. It's it's the third year in a row now that the ice organization has uh, declined to come on the show and uh, promote their team uh, leading up and into the season. I, I'm actually quite surprised by that, especially this year, uh, moving to a different uh, city uh, where there's lots of competition uh, for the uh, fan base. Uh, but to each their own. Uh, they don't see value in coming on the show. That's fine. That is their right. Uh, and it is my right to uh, say whatever I want about that. So um, I think it's... Uh, unfortunate uh, put it that way uh, i would have loved in fact i had a, a confirmation date and time with the head coach james patrick i originally had asked all the teams in the league for the general manager uh, to uh, do these previews with and uh, just about every team did give me the general manager um manny viverosa did it for spokane which is fine because i uh, wanted to talk to him anyway uh, because of that uh, the whole uh, off season that he's had and outside of that, I'm trying to remember if there was another team that gave me only the coach and not the GM. Of course, obviously, a lot of teams, the coach and GM are the same guy. Uh, anyway, but so when Winnipeg uh, told me, first they'd confirmed that, uh, yes, James Patrick is available and he's going to do it on uh, this date, which would have been uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, I was fine with that because, quite frankly, they had uh, declined to come on the show the last couple of years. Um, so getting anybody would be uh, better than that, better, obviously, than nothing. So so then when I was told that uh, James Patrick wouldn't actually be coming on the show, I said, that's okay. Uh, everybody else is giving me the GM, so uh, Matt Cockle would be uh, a, a better fit anyway, although James Patrick, really good interview, did manage to get him on the show uh, in his rookie season. But then I was uh, given a reply that just said Matt Cockle is not available either. So unfortunate, but we move on. I would have loved to have asked most of my questions to those gentlemen because they're in a position to answer them, uh, whereas I'm not. But for you, the fan who wants to know about this team, I will do my best. We always start by listing the players from the previous season who are not back with the team this year. For the Kootenai Ice, the 98 Borns off last year's roster, uh, Jagger White up front, pair of defensemen in Dallas Hines and Martin Bodak, and at one point uh, Curtis Meager was uh, playing as well, uh, obviously. Obviously, all four of those guys are not back. Uh, let's go to this year's team, and the Ice have four overage players still in camp. And again, this is going by the WHL's website. Um, so if there's been changes, obviously a coach or a GM for a team would have been able to give me the heads up on that. Um, but uh, I can only go with what I've got in front of me. So Reese Harsh and uh, Chase Harchie on the back end. Harsh is uh, big, six foot four, and Harshi uh, not that big. But they will be they will form the the, the leaders in the on the back end. Marco Creta as well is a, a veteran player in the league, so they do have some experience back there. And of course, they're going to be breaking in uh, some young players. Uh, Carson Lambos, uh, second overall pick in 2018, and boy, the 2018 draft class in in the WHL uh, really looking solid. There's going to be some interesting uh, rookies making their full time debut this season across the league. But Carson Lambos comes in, listed at 6'1", 200 pounds, and a Winnipeg product, and so that's a great fit uh, for the Ice, who are trying to win some fans. Other young players who are trying to uh, make their way onto the roster, and I can't tell you anything about them, uh, but a GM or a head coach could, 
uh, Mike Ladyman, uh, Benjamin Zlotty, Anton McMaster, uh, Carter Prosofsky uh, still listed on the WHL's uh, website as being with the team still. Those guys are all on the blue line. I skipped the goaltenders, and this is an interesting spot right now for Kootenay, for Kootenay, for Winnipeg. That's a dollar. The ice right now, uh, they're banged up in net. They have uh, two guys with a little WHL experience, Duncan McGovern and Jesse Mackay. Uh, both have not had any success in the WHL in their limited uh, appearances. McGovern has played all of 66 games over the course of three seasons, and his numbers are terrible. 385 goals against average and an 878 save percentage. As a 19-year-old, you're hoping that he's able to take a significant step this year. Wouldn't be the first guy to do that, so I'm not going to say that he can't do it, but to this point in his career, he has not done it. He's formerly a fifth-round pick of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, and uh, Jesse McKay, also no success uh, as of yet. Again, very limited experience. Only 40 games uh, coming into this season, and his numbers even worse than McGovern's. 434 goals against average and an 879 save percentage. Now, keeping in mind they where they've been playing, uh, the Kootenai Ice have been uh, not very good uh, the last couple of years, the last few years, as a matter of fact. Um, so not all on their shoulders. A lot of that is uh, the team in front of them, but uh, the goaltender is not really helping the club that much either. Now, Mackay, a second-round pick of the Winnipeg Ice, then Kootenay back in 2016. So, And he's got the size. He's got the prototypical goalie size at 6'3 and 209 pounds. Um, so you hope that he can uh, find some game this year, especially if you're a fan of the ice. There's three other goaltenders with the team right now, at least, again, according to the WHO website, a GM or a coach would be able to uh, update us on that more effectively. Uh, Gage Alexander, Will Gursky, and Daniel Hauser. Hauser, who is a 2019 draft pick, obviously can't play with the team this year. Well, I, I guess that's an asterisk next to it uh, when you're talking about the Winnipeg Ice. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, but Will Gursky, uh, a fourth-rounder from 2017, and uh, Gage, a seventh-rounder from 2017. So the, both of those guys are old enough to contribute this year. Gage Alexander's a giant. I mean, he's Mad Sogard size at 6'7", uh, and uh, 200 and some pounds. So be interesting to see what uh, what he looks like and if he gets some game action and what kind of uh, camp and preseason uh, they've had. Again, coach or GM would be a, a big assistance in determining that. Let's look up front. And uh, the Ice acquired Isaac Johnson in the offseason. He had played with Tri-City the last couple of years after coming up from the USHL. Big body, six foot three, 180-ish pounds. I think it's fair to say he's kind of underachieved or at least not lived up to expectations uh, during uh, his WHL tenure. I saw him back a couple of years ago when he was playing with uh, the United States at the World Junior A Challenge in Bonneville that year. I guess that would be three and a half years ago. Uh, but over his uh, career so far with Tri-City, through 99 games, he has 80 points. He had uh, 48 points in his rookie season. Last year, 32 points in just 31 games. So uh, very limited action for him last year. So he's going to be looking to have a bounce back year. And listen, a point-per-game guy, that would obviously uh, help the ice uh, win some games. Another 20-year-old in camp is Davis Murray. And uh, you know, with, with Johnson and the two guys on the back end, Harsh and Harchie, I think Davis Murray might be in a, a bit of a tough spot. He might be the odd man out. Tough for me to say with any authority. I, I know him from his time with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and he was a depth player with the Oil Kings, but that's a couple of years ago now. But when you go out and acquire 
uh, Isaac Johnson, and uh, you've got uh, two veterans on the back end. Uh, I don't see, personally, I don't see a spot for Davis Murray, but again, GM or coach would probably have better insight uh, than I do. The rest of the forwards, well, big question mark with Peyton Krebs. How long is he going to be out after uh, his Achilles issue uh, suffered in the offseason? A real big fan of Krebs. He is such a talented player and a re- just a really good interview. I did manage to get him on the show uh, last year, which was uh, terrific, although uh, I won't get into that. But I- I'm still shocked that he was available for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, picking 17th at the NHL draft this past June. But uh, Kelly McCrimmon... Uh, snapping him up, and uh, I think that was an excellent uh, selection. Uh, quite frankly, I I would have had him in the top ten, tw- top twelve. So to get him at seventeen, I think is great, and hopefully he doesn't miss too much time either, because he'd be a shoe in obviously for Canada at the World Junior Championship. He's got lots of international experience uh, for Canada because obviously Kootenay's terrible, uh, so uh, was at the U eighteen, and he was a standout at the top prospect game last year too. So. Uh, I would like to see uh, Peyton Krebs playing as much as possible this year, and I think it could be a huge year uh, for Krebs once he's back, and just hopefully the the injury uh, doesn't uh, derail his development uh, significantly and that he can get back on track. Looking forward to seeing Peyton Krebs back in action. Two new import players uh, for the ICE organization, Nino Kinder from Germany, and Michael Tepley from uh, the Czech Republic, who's a Chicago Blackhawks draftee. He was a fourth-round pick of the Blackhawks. And they're both 2001-born players, so they're coming in not 17 years old, which is probably a good thing for the ice. They they are breaking in some young players, so you'll need some more experience back there. Tepley was playing professionally last year uh, as a 17-year-old in his homeland in the Czech Republic. Uh, Not a lot of production, but typically uh, young players like that really have a hard time getting ice time uh, in that league. So his 10 points in 23 games is actually probably pretty good. You know, Kinder was uh, playing junior hockey last year in Germany and had 41 points in 33 games against uh, players his age in the, the U20 league there. So that's, that's a good uh, performance by him. And he, he played in the world U18s at the end of the year, Division One, the Division One a U18s. They were looking to get promoted. Uh, but he had nine points in five games in the tournament uh, for Germany in that event. So a good showing there for Kinder. So looks like a promising player, and he's not small. He's listed at six foot and 180 pounds. Oh, and I forgot to mention with Tepley, he's 6'3 and 190 pounds. So he's got pro size already. So I am intrigued definitely by the two import players. I'd love to ask the GM or the head coach how they've looked in, in camp so far and what kind of expectations fans uh, of the ice should have for those uh, types of players do you have to temper expectations at all because they're just they're rookies in the whl they've got lots of experience but not over here so i wonder if you have to to temper expectations a little bit Uh, and again uh, obviously would love to have a gm or a head coach to ask Connor McLennan going into his nhl draft season a small player 5'8 155 160 pounds but lots of skill lots of talent and after a, an injury-shortened season, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back this year. Second overall pick in the 2017 uh, WHL Bantam Draft. Had 14 goals and 29 points last year in just 46 games. So even though he played even though he played a little more than uh, half a season, uh, lots of opportunity, obviously, with a very thin lineup uh, for the ice. And he was productive. Uh, real good duo there between he and Krebs. 
should be a top 75 player, I would think, for the uh, NHL draft this coming June. And with a strong season, maybe he uh, ranks even higher than that. He did come off the Holinka Gretzky Cup this past summer, just had two points in the five games, but got pretty good reviews from uh, Ross McLean, scout Ross McLean, when I had him in the, on the show this past August. So definitely Connor McLennan, one to watch for when it comes to the Winnipeg Ice. And of course, all eyes are going to be on Matthew Savoy. And this is a great story and one I really wish I could talk to the GM or the head coach about because it's really precedent setting in the, uh, the, the WHL, at least in my opinion. And moving forward, how much all the surrounding story is it could be could alter the league how it could affect the league moving forward in what i think is positive ways uh, here you have a guy who applied for exceptional status to hockey canada was denied that wasn't really public everybody was just kind of wondering what was happening uh, but he didn't get the exceptional status from hockey canada and that is a hockey canada decision not the whl uh, but so then the uh, my understanding is the ice and the Savoy family and the WHL kind of all got together, negotiated what would be appropriate for a player of uh, Savoy's age and talent. And it sounds like he could play uh, somewhere between 30 and 50 games this year, which uh, obviously would be terrific for him. It would be great for the ice and for the ice fans. And I think overall it's good for the WHL as well. My only concern is, and not specifically with Savoy, but moving forward, are we going to see more 15-year-olds breaking into the league and getting this sort of uh, having this sort of exception being made, or is this an exceptional case with Matthew, Matthew Savoy because of his talent level? Much like Austin Matthews going to Switzerland during his NHL draft year, it hasn't happened since then. It I don't recall it happening before then. That was an exceptional situation. Uh, that's not maybe groundbreaking and become it's not like he was a pioneer and now that uh, that example is being followed every year that that hasn't happened uh, since Austin Matthews did it and I'm wondering if this with Matthew Savoy is similar in the sense that it's not going to happen every year it opens the door for it to happen but maybe because Savoy is just this uber talent uh, maybe it's a, a pretty rare case don't know I guess only time will tell uh, and I do wonder if there was talk from other GMs uh, about it with the ice. And again, we we could ask the GM uh, or the head coach of the uh, the Winnipeg Ice that question, but uh, we can't, unfortunately. I did have Ron Robison, the commissioner of the WHL, uh, on the show in the summer to preview the, the coming season. And we did talk about Matthew Savoy. Uh, at that time, he said, I don't know where you're getting the numbers of uh, that he could play between 30 and 50 games. But... That's what's being reported now. So we'll see. Uh, as for Savoy, I mean, obviously everybody is intrigued to see how he's going to look this year, and uh, and I hope he does get to play a ton. Other players to watch for on the Winnipeg Ice this year? Well, how about the second overall pick in this past uh, Bantam draft in, in Connor Geeky? Now, I haven't heard if they're making much exception for him, but he's listed at 6'3 and 170 pounds, so he's already got lots of size. That's not going to be much of a concern. And he's a Manitoba guy. I don't know if he's playing at the Rink Academy in Winnipeg or not, but obviously he's going to be close and handy anytime that uh, the Ice need uh, another uh, body. So I totally expect he'll play more than the uh, the normal five games that a 15-year-old is allowed to play before his club team is done. So there's definitely some talent uh, with this uh, Winnipeg Ice squad. 
and should be a fun team to watch. And that'll be a nice change because the ice have really struggled over the last three or four years. So, uh, coach or GM, your expectations this year for your club, what you would consider a successful season? Oh, right. We don't have one. Uh, let's. I would have to think that to making the playoffs obviously would be the, the, the bare minimum of expectation for the ice this year. You look around the rest of the division, I, I, I think they are definitely better than Moose Jaw and, uh, and Regina. Uh, so uh, I think they'll be in the mix. I don't know if I would say, suggest they're the favorite in the division, uh, but I would think that they're uh, they're closing in on teams like uh, like Prince Albert and Brandon and and Saskatoon for that matter. I think those three teams will, in my estimation, probably finish ahead of Winnipeg. But if things go right, if they get some goaltending, uh, that might be the biggest question mark right now uh, for me is uh, with Winnipeg in net. Right now, I mean, the last I heard, McGovern and Mackay both hurt. They might be looking for a goaltender, and even if those two guys are back, they could probably upgrade that position significantly in, in my mind. Uh, I'm just looking at teams like Kelowna and, and Vancouver and potentially Edmonton that uh, probably have a goaltender that they could move. Uh, I think uh, if Winnipeg was smart, they would be looking to upgrade in net. Okay, and that's going to do it. That's my uh, Winnipeg ice season preview as much as I could do. I can tell you moving forward, I won't be going to the ice for uh, content. I'll be asking Mike Sawatsky, who writes for the Winnipeg Free Press. He's covering uh, the Winnipeg ice, and uh, I I recommend you check out some of the work he's already doing uh, covering the team and doing a great job in the process. That is going to conclude this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. And uh, going back over the last five weeks, I really want to thank all the uh, media contacts for each uh, WHL team the 21 teams that uh, felt it was beneficial to uh, come on the show and to uh, promote their teams uh, for their fan base. Uh, those guys and girls do a tremendous job setting up interviews, and it was a lot of it was during August to set the dates up, and it was hard sometimes uh, to make contact with the GM uh, because they were on vacation, and then camps got started, and things were busy. So I really appreciate the extra effort uh, that those 21 teams made uh, to come on the show and book those GMs. Obviously, I want to thank all the GMs who came on the show. Kurt Hill from the Oil Kings, Jeff Chinoth from the Hitman, Gary Davidson of the Everett Silvertips, Red Deer's Brent Sutter, Cam Hope of Victoria, Manny Viveros of Spokane, Mark Lamb and PG, Dean Brockman of the Swift Current Broncos, Bob Torrey of Tri-City, Bill LaForge of Seattle, Colin Priestner from Saskatoon, Mike Johnston of the Portland Winterhawks, Matt Bardsley of the Kamloops, Alan Miller from Moose Jaw, Bruce Hamilton of the Kelowna Rockets, Lethbridge GM Peter Anholt, Regina's GM, John Paddock. And this week, Darren Ritchie of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Barkley Parnetta from the Vancouver Giants, Willie Desjardins from the Medicine Hat Tigers, and, of course, Curtis Hunt of the Prince Albert Raiders. Thank you all for coming on the show. It was great insight into uh, your respective organizations, and I've got lots of feedback uh, from fans who uh, really enjoyed the last five weeks uh, leading up to the WHL season. Next week on the Pipeline Show, it will be a WHL preview, a league preview, not talking to uh, representatives from teams, doing the same thing I did last year. Uh, Four contributors from Dub Network are going to be on. Here's who you're going to hear from. Uh, We're going to do the East Division with Darnell Duff. The Central Division will be handled by Glenn Erickson. We'll head out west, Ryan Sinclair. And uh, south of the border, Josh Kritzer is going to come on. One segment with each guy. We'll get predictions. We'll uh, talk about each team and kind of how their what their strengths and weaknesses are, and we'll have to move pretty quickly. Uh, and by the end of it, 
I'm going to give out my predictions as well. Uh, so really looking forward to next week's show. It's one of the most popular shows uh, o- over the course of the uh, the calendar year. So I hope that you'll be back for that one as well. Quick thank you to everybody who signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show. Your uh, two bucks a month really helps keep the show going and gives you early access to all these interviews, all these interviews that you heard on this week's episode outside of this final segment, the, the breakdown of the uh, Winnipeg Ice. But the four GMs that you heard on the show, I did those interviews on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so they've been up and available for patrons for like three days already at the very least. So uh, early access for two bucks. If you value the content of the Pipeline Show and you want to contribute, uh, I'd really appreciate it moving forward. All right, busy weekend. I am off to Cold Lake uh, to visit my mom. And when I return next week, I've got uh, the uh, WHL preview to put together. And then, boy, things get going for real. The Edmonton Oil Kings, the team that I'm part of the broadcast crew for, they open up their regular season on the 21st in Red Deer. And uh, the second half of that home-at-home on Sunday against the Rebels, that is the opening weekend of the WHL calendar. And I think it's going to be a tremendously fun year in the WHL, especially so many rookies. That 2018 Bantam Draft class I think is exceptional. And uh, some really big names who are going to be making their full-time debut this year in the WHL. It's going to make it really interesting. I think coaching in the league has never been better. You see guys like uh, Dave Lowry and Willie Desjardins coming back to the WHL. So much to look forward to. The Memorial Cup back in the WHL this year. It's going to be a fun year, and I am uh, and I hope that you're going to be coming back to the Pipeline Show to be a part of it. Until next week's episode, everybody, get out and watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week on the Pipeline Show. Till then, I'm Keith Flaming. See ya.